Welcome to Truth Transistor Radio. This is the most awesomest podcast of all time. I'm your host, Rob Hendrick. This podcast is brought to you by Proverbs 1618. Hello, True Transistors. Welcome to episode 30. This is Bible Part uh, 7, I believe. And uh, it's going to be about spiritual warfare. It's been over three months since I recorded my last uh, podcast episode. And it's just been crazy busy. Um, I started my business um about three years ago and i've been getting a lot of calls which is a blessing on the other hand my time has been maxed out um over the last few years i've tried hiring people and they haven't worked out for one reason or another so it's just been kind of that way and then a curveball was thrown at me uh about a month ago or two let's see yeah i guess it's been about a month or uh, actually it was two months ago when i first heard about it but I'd been renting a place for a while, and uh, and it was on sale, so I knew that this would come, but I was hoping that the new homeowner would let me keep renting, but they bought the house in June and said they wanted me to move. So with all of that, being really busy with work, I had to move, and so that there's a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, where I had like no breaks, just seven days of doing stuff and working in 100 degree weather. It's been like 104, 105 recently. So I've just been tired. I finally got moved in last week or a couple weeks ago. And it's just been little things that I've had to do. I'm still trying to get my all of my mailing addresses, billing addresses changed, so I still need to do all that. So crazy times, crazy strange, and over the last few months when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about what to talk about at the beginning. A while ago it was uh, the Johnny Depp trial, and um, just, you know, that's almost <laughs> a thing of the past now. Uh, I guess the only thoughts I had on that was, uh, was it a distraction for something else? You know, um, is it a good example of, well, I, I guess what I, not an example, but I guess what I um, was thinking about is why was every single, whatever happened to the feminists during this trial? That seemed a little strange to me that everybody I saw talking about it on YouTube uh, were for Johnny Depp, you know, and I'm sure that there were some on TV. I don't really watch TV, uh, but I couldn't find anybody. I'm not talking about conservative channels. I'm talking about just regular channels, and it seemed like everybody was taking Johnny Depp's side, which was uh, weird, although I think in the case itself, it seemed like... Um, that that was warranted, but um, anyway. But regardless, there's always two sides to everything, and I was wondering why that wasn't the case here. But anyway, but have, uh, having moved on from that, I think what I want to talk about more is the Georgia Guidestones, which mysteriously were blown up, or a piece of it was blown up, and now they're tearing it down and just kind of moving on from it. But um, I just wanted to read the, uh, so I guess you could say, Ten Commandments that are put on these Georgia Guidestones. Um, and if you don't know much about that, I would read into it. It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, it's a mystery. Nobody knows who, who put them up. Um, and there's some very, uh, you know, advanced stuff with this thing. It's got like a sundial and... Uh, a, uh, some kind of 
you know, kind of like what you would find in old um, pagan uh, things, like even the Mayan calendar that sp supposedly counted uh, very advanced things. This one wasn't that advanced, but it was like uh, the sun would, would shine through. And I don't know if it shows the month or the, the day or whatever it is, the time. But <clears throat> yeah, definitely very advanced. A lot of thought put into it. And I think it was erected in 1980. So anyway, so here is the uh, Ten Commandments that are written on this. And it's kind of creepy if you've never heard of this. All right. Let me uh, make this, nope, that's not it. I'm trying to make this big, which I was able to do a minute ago. Okay, here we go. Maintain human, or sorry, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Now, when this was uh, erected, uh, there was a lot more than 500 million. Um, but what I've heard is that the one that wrote these originally was uh, Rosicrucian uh, centuries ago, and that was, you know, the world population apparently was under 500 million at that time. Uh, they say that the, the, the name, the, the alias that is given for the one that erected this is R.C. Christian and Rose and Cross. Uh, some people speculate it's about Rose and Cross, and, you know, which is a mystery school. So anyway, let's keep going. Um, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Um, that one, um, you know, it's not a doesn't sound terrible, um, but improving fitness and diversity. Actually, that is kind of a socialist agenda. Um, unite humanity with a living new language. Well, that's kind of already happening with the English language, but if not English, at, at, you know, the Internet translates things for people, too. So, But I think English is the closest thing to that now. Uh, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Uh, you know, that sounds... Okay, so <laughs> faith, tradition, and all things. So, okay, so some thoughts here. In the Enlightenment period, um, and even during the Founding Fathers, there was kind of this idea of um, the Bible was a good book, but kind of uh, taking out sort of the miraculous, you know. So, like, anything that can't happen or doesn't happen normally, that, that would be like reason. Like, reason would be things that happen or normally you think could happen. And uh, so I think that is kind of a lack of uh, belief in a all-powerful God that can do these miracles. So, again, that's kind of an agnostic uh, rule there. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Um, <clears throat> sounds, that sounds good. You know, I don't have an issue with that. Fair laws and just courts, we don't really have that. And I don't really think that's their goal. But um, anyway, and then the next one is let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. And I know that a world court is coming with the Antichrist, so that doesn't surprise me. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Um, not really sure. Oh, I guess <clears throat> I heard somebody talking about officials being police officers. Um, I'm not really sure what they mean by that. Perhaps they mean morals, because I know a lot of the, uh, like, Luciferians, one of the things, when they think of liberty, they think of uh, moral freedoms and, and not being under the, the, um, the moral views of, of Scripture, but to have the freedom to do whatever. Um, and I'm not sure what that's what that means there, but I know that uh, when you look at the Founding Fathers and, uh, you know, when they talked about liberty, that's what they meant. Balance personal rights with social duties. Um, <clears throat> kind of a guilt trip way of getting people to do things. Uh, 
I, I don't really know what they mean by that there. Um, prize truth. Let's see, what is it? Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Uh, what is the infinite there? What do they mean by the infinite? They don't, they probably don't mean God. Um, so I'm not sure what that means. Be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. It says that twice. Um, of course, there's this idea of the environmentalist movement uh, where they say that man is the cause of the problems on the earth and that, you know, man is causing global warming and all this stuff. So maybe that's what that's talking about. Anyway, I, I would say per perhaps the uh, World Court one and also the first one, which is maintain humanity under 500 million, uh, is... That first one's definitely the most, the creepiest. <laughs> now, I can tell you, right now we have close to 8 billion people. So what would that be? That would be uh, less than one-eighth of the current population. And we do know in the book of Revelation that there's going to be a lot of people um, that die. Um, now, at the very least... This is just big chunks, but there could be more in other areas too. But like in the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the fourth one is uh, uh, the pale horse. And it says a quarter of, the, of mankind will be destroyed. And that if, we still, if we're assuming it's close, that would be 2 billion out of 8 billion, right? And then later you have the army of 200 million that comes and destroys a third of mankind. So if you have 6 billion left, that would be another 2 billion. And so you would end up with 4 billion total, uh, which would be half of the world population. And that doesn't take into account all of the other trumpets and, and vials and things that many other people, you know, are dying from and stuff. So, um definitely seems to be at least half the population will be destroyed in the last in the final seven years but that's a far cry from 500 million but the fact that uh, there's people that actually said this is very telling anyway do some more research on the guide georgia guidestones if you're interested um, it was destroyed and they're immediately uh, kind of moving on from it, which tells me a couple of things. Um, I thought of three possibilities when I heard that it was destroyed. One was that it was, you know, just an act of nature like lightning. And I thought, well, that's possible. Maybe God just said, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm making a point here. Uh, if it was done, it, and then the other two options was it was done by a human being um, and either a it was an inside job and they did it on purpose or B it was just some random person uh, at this point I'm leaning towards it was a human being because there's a video that shows a car there right when it was exploding and um, I, I'm leaning towards it being an inside job because they're not really looking for the person they're just moving on they're not fixing anything um, so anyway, that's just some thoughts, but Georgia Guidestones, interesting topic. So let's move along to today's Bible study of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, we're going to talk, um, there's a, this idea of a spiritual world, you know, we all look at things in a very, um, physical way. I mean, that's, for me, um, the spiritual is very, um, it's mysterious, to say the least. You know, according to scripture, it exists, and we see it manifested in, in ways as people have been, um, you know, possessed, or there's a lot of people that have seen angels. You know, I wasn't planning on this, but I thought I would share something. Um, my aunt has said a couple of different times she's seen, um, an angel or what she believed was an angel um 
And the first time um, my cousin was a baby, uh, well, he was about four. You know, he was old enough to climb a tree. I don't know, four or five. He was a toddler or something. Um, not a toddler. <laughs> he was a kid, but he was little. And he climbed a tree and he got onto a branch and got pretty high up there and um, the ground was like cement and rocks and all this stuff and he was pretty high up there. My aunt saw the branch break and she said that he stopped in midair and slowly went to the to the ground. And that, you know, that is amazing. I, I mean, I wasn't there to verify it, but I know my aunt, I believe her. And my cousin, who's my age, is now a singer and guitar player, backup singer and guitar player for a pretty popular Christian band called The Afters. And if you haven't heard of them, um, it's not my style of music, but um, they are pretty popular. It's pretty basic Christian rock. Um, and his name is Matthew Fuquay. So if you look up the afters and, and find Matthew Fuquay, that is my cousin. And, you know, it, it makes me, you know, what, thinking about that story, I realized, okay, God had a plan for Matt Fuquay and didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, he didn't have it. In it. He wanted to uh, save him from getting injured badly. I don't know what would have happened, how far he was up or anything. But God had a plan for him, you know, that's, and, and that's an amazing thing. Um, another time my aunt said that they were at a gas station. Now this one, I think that first one is pretty clear that it was something miraculous, obviously. She didn't see an angel. She just saw him stopping in midair. This one might be an angel, but um, basically she was at a gas station and her car caught on fire. And um, I don't know if anybody was with her. Or I, I think she had some kids with her. But anyway, they got out of the car and they, they were like not sure what to do. And out of nowhere, this big this guy in a pickup truck shows up and pushes it um out of the way and into the grass like away from the from the tanks and um and the next thing they know he was gone like and i've heard that 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 a lot of people that claim to have that believe they've seen angels somebody comes out of nowhere they do something miraculous like heroic or whatever and then before you get a chance to thank them they're gone and, and usually people don't see them leave or see them disappear. They, they just happen to be facing another direction and they turn around and they're just gone. They just quickly, they're just gone, right? And so I've heard that quite a bit when people talk about seeing angels. Um, she mentioned another one recently um, to me. Uh, my aunt and uncle adopted two boys about, they're both under 20 late teens and uh, at the time they you know they were babies and uh, one of them is in seminary now but a few years ago she said that they were at a grocery store or something and a, uh, I believe it was a lady or a man I don't remember some stranger just approached her and said and, and my, my aunt said there was nothing creepy about this person that this person was very peaceful and approached my aunt and said, your son is going to be a pastor, you know, and then just left. And who knows, that could have been a prophet, you know, it could have been just a stranger. <laughs> but now he's in seminary, so. Um, anyway, those are just a few things that I've heard from people close to me. And, um, you know, I'm interested in hearing these kinds of things. I haven't really uh, promoted my uh, my email address in a while. Truth Transistor Radio at, uh, sorry, it's at um, gmail.com, I believe. Sorry, um, I'm so tired. 
been so busy lately, but I, I believe it's truthtransistorradio at gmail.com. Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know if it matters, but I capitalize the beginning of each letter. Uh, I mean, sorry, each word. Truth, transistor, radio. There's no spaces, no underscore, nothing like that. Um, so if you want to write to me about any experiences you've had with angels or demons, you know, that would be good. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of any uh, stories I've heard about demons, but... Um, anyway, but this is one, my main point was going back to where I, I, when I started telling these stories is that the spiritual, um, world and spiritual beings have manifested themselves in our physical universe at times. And, uh, there's a passage and I didn't put this in my notes, but there's a passage somewhere in the new Testament that says, uh, when you give, uh, when you do works of kindness or charitable, you know, things for strangers, you may be entertaining angels unawares. So it talks about angels appearing as human at times and us not really knowing that they're angels. And so I think that's an interesting verse and I don't know where it is but you can look it up <laughs> always feel free to google say like you know google um, entertaining angels unawares and you'll be able to find that verse um, but anyway so yeah and 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 um, I'm not going to get too deep into this maybe this will be another episode in the future but uh, there's been many, many people that have claimed to have had UFO experiences, whether it be abductions or just seeing a UFO, right? And the first time I heard about UFOs, I probably was in my teens, 13, 14. I saw some TV program about people claiming to have been abducted. My immediate thought was, from a biblical perspective, that it would be, if those stories are true, then it would be some kind of demonic activity. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's far-fetched. Um, and of course, in Genesis 6, we see about the sons of God, which many believe were angels, came down to the daughters of men and bore children by them. You know, it, when, when we hear about people being abducted and sometimes the stories about the, the uh, abductions is that there's some sexual activity or, or their seed is being pulled out of them or whatever. Um, so, but that one's a little more mysterious. Um, these are things that I've not experienced myself. Um, I think I was with my cousin one day, not, not that cousin, a different cousin a different cousin than I was talking about before. Um, and we were standing outside and he looked behind me into the sky and said he saw a UFO. And I turned around and I didn't see it, but he did. <laughs> and many, many people have claimed to have seen UFOs and many, many people have claimed to have seen angels or de demonic activity and, and things of this nature. So uh, the spiritual there's plenty of evidence for it, you know. And uh, so anyway, let's look at some Bible verses about the spiritual. Um, I'm going to start with Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down in the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see this... For they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities of thereof, that opened not the house of the prisoners? 
Now, some people believe this is talking about a king. Um, but a common belief is that Lucifer is actually the fallen angel that is now called Satan. And I'm not really sure. The Bible doesn't really say that Lucifer is Satan. You know. Um, but uh, we do get the sense of angels that fell or were kicked out of heaven. And um, this is a verse that a lot of people go to. Now this is, I believe, the only time that the word Lucifer is used in the Bible. And uh, I want to look at uh, a passage about angels of light. And I didn't write this down in my notes, so let me pause here for a second. And you know, I've read these verses in previous podcasts, episodes, when I was talking about... Um, false prophets or apostasy, but I'm going to read it again for this context, because before I was talking about human beings, as it says in, uh, what is this, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, and I'll start in verse 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming forming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and I've talked about that before when I talked about apostasy, but in this one we're going to focus on verse 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing for his ministers also to be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now, I think um, I, I might have played um, some Russ Dizdar in a previous episode about apostasy, about uh, Satan... Um, you know, infiltrating, or his people infiltrating churches. And uh, if you can find that episode, let me see, what would it be called here? I've got my episode list here. Um, apostasy, I believe it's Apostasy Part 1. Church Infiltration, Episode 13. So in that one, you can get, if you want to go back. And also, I would encourage you to listen to these in order because there is a logical order to these episodes. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so an angel of light. And now I've heard many um, people that start new religions or false prophets talking about an angel that appears to them, and then they go on to say something that's either a false prophecy or something that is heretical, that's definitely anti-biblical. And... You know, one example of this is Joseph Smith, the guy that started, uh, I believe he started, was it Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons? I always get them confused. Um, I believe it's Mormonism. And he says that an angel appeared to him and gave him the truth, so to speak. But it, obviously, because it's a lot of unbiblical stuff, it was a, you know, a fallen angel appearing to him as, as an angel of light. Okay, so, <clears throat> now we're going to look at some of the attributes of Satan. Now, the word Satan, I believe, means, um, let me see, I, I believe it means destroyer, but or deceiver, accuser, what does it mean? Uh, looking it up now. Definition, the devil, Lucifer. Okay, that doesn't really tell me. But I want to say in the, in the Hebrew, it means something like, uh, uh, okay, Satan in Hebrew. Uh, yeah, well, it just tells you what it is. Um, Okay, here we go. Definition of Hebrew names. The Hebrew word Satan means adversary. Yeah, there is a passage that says your adversary, the devil. Um, so he's definitely the enemy, right? Well, um, anyway, we're going to look at some of the attributes of the devil. I'm going to start in Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. And, um, and verses uh, 6 through 12. 
Now there was a day when the sons of God came to the to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou, hast not thou made him, made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of the hands and his substances is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now, first of all, Satan is kind of, he's an accuser. He is constantly, think of him as the lawyer that kind of goes, you know, he's the lawyer that is the, uh, what do you call it, the prosecutor, right? And Jesus is like our defendant. <laughs> so Satan is always saying things in a way that that may or that may be true because i mean we're fallen people we're sinners um but anyway and, and he was trying and, and i think it's interesting too that that god allowed him to touch his possessions but he said don't touch him satan is not allowed to do anything or satan is not able to do anything that god does not allow him to do but in this case, God did allow him to do it, and Job did not uh, did not sin at this time. Uh, Job two one through seven. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and escheweth evil? And still he holds fast his integrity, although thou moves me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, For skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with, poor, with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took in a post herd to scrap himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Um, so now God gave him permission to touch Job. And you can read on in Job. Job is a great book. Um, but I just wanted to point out some attributes of, of Satan here and how uh, he's, I'm not saying tempting God, but he's basically accusing Job of not being as righteous. You know, he's only righteous because you gave him all this stuff. And while Job did struggle with all this, I mean, anybody would when you're in pain. Um, and, and as a fallen man, you know, uh, but he didn't curse God. He was curious and he would ask God questions. But I don't know that he sinned during this time, necessarily. I mean, he might have because he was a fallen man. But even Jesus, when he was about to go to the cross, he prayed and said, if there's any way this cup could pass from me, let, you know, if there's any other way, but not my will, let thine be done. And then later he's on the cross and says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But we know that Jesus was not a sinner, and yet during these difficult times, he was crying out. 
So that in, in itself is not a sin. All right, so I'm going to give uh, some attributes of Satan now, and we're going to start with uh, John chapter 8, verse 44. Now, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. He says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So uh, Satan is the father of lies. And it talks about murder, and there's another verse we'll, we'll expound on that a bit. And uh, the next verse we're going to look at is 1 Peter 5.8. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now this does not necessarily mean physically, although he has and you know been given the authority to physically, you know, to kill people. But um, I think more than anything, to kill people spiritually, you know, to keep people from being, you know, having eternal life, basically, um, and following Christ. So uh, Satan is actively working to try and destroy us, and. It seems like, and I just wanted to say this now because um, when I did this Bible study series on YouTube, when I did the one about spiritual warfare, for some reason I was really struggling uh, when I was doing the episode. And I kind of feel like uh, there's been like a lot going on that's kept me from doing this for a while now. Um, And I feel like my thoughts are not as coherent as they normally are. And I wonder if because I'm doing a, a, an episode about spiritual warfare, it's, it's like maybe I'm under more attack. Um, and so, yeah, there was another, I remember there was one on YouTube that I was doing, and I think it had to do with spiritual warfare fair as well. Um, so anyway, yeah, so Satan is, you know, he's a liar, he's a deceiver, he's an accuser, and, um, and he's, he's also a destroyer. Now it's important to note that there is a invisible warfare going on, like a, uh, you know, the spiritual warfare that's going on, that it's not all us. And uh, I'm going to read this passage in 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 8. It says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with the servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore, troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me with us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel that the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and and, uh, compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened 
the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of the of round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass, well, I could read on here. But the main point I wanted to talk about is this army of chariots of fire that were up in the mountains. And the other man, the young man could not see them with his eyes until God opened his spiritual eyes to see them. And so there's always um, an army, God's army, that is fighting on our behalf. All right, so I'm going to take a break here with a song, and this is a, a song by T-Bone. Um, he often would, he was a rapper in the 90s, and I think he still might make albums, but I, I was really into him in the 90s. And he often compares, like, spiritual warfare with, like, <laughs> gangsta-type speech, right? So, um, and he's a really talented rapper. So anyway, this is a song by T-Bone called Straight Up Psycho. Well, uh, give me about 200 cc's of the best stuff you got. Okay, it's coming up. You got it. Please, All right. Hey, let's give hey, it still. Give it still. Here we go. Sick in the head, the demons would have bet. 
pray until my hair turns gray I turn away from sin and choose a path that's narrow Ducking and dodging the devil's arrows That keep me throwing in my direction But my protection is in Jesus Christ So I do not need a gang or a crew So what you gonna do? Cause the devil's after you, partner Yeah, cause I'm a straight up psycho Sick in the head, touching the demons with a bat In a Christian town, that's that I be that straight up psycho Sick in the head, touching the demons with a bat Cause I'm a straight up psycho Sick in the head, touching the demons with a bat In the Christian town, that's that I be that straight up psycho Sick in the head, touching the demons with a bat You are listening to True Transistor FM. That was T-Bone with this rap, Straight Up Psycho. Great track by T-Bone there. And I'm your DJ, Rob Hendrick. Okay, that was terrible. All right. So if you like that, check out more of T-Bone. So we're going to move along here with the Bible study. All right. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then he, Jesus, called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have their two coats apiece, and whatever house ye enter into, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Uh, And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, I wanted to, uh, the main point here is that he gave them the power and authority over the devils and to cure, you know, to cure diseases and, and things. Uh, and to preach the kingdom of God, right? Now, there are churches today, like the charismatic churches and uh, maybe some other denominations, that believe this is the authority of all believers. And it leads to a lot of false healing prayers. Now, I do believe God heals. Um, But I want to say that this passage here is directly talking to the disciples um, and their authority. Now I do believe that the church has authority but not necessarily, we're not necessarily always called to heal. Um, I uh, but I I, I mean there's different views on that but um, I think that God gives people gifts, right? Um, But he also gives us the power and authority of Jesus. And it's, very, it's, it's a tricky thing because we can only do things in God's will and not out of his will. As I am confident that Christ casts out demons, I'm confident that he heals the sick. I'm confident that, that he does these things. But I think that there's people that abuse this idea and start proclaiming things that is not in God's will. And this happens quite a bit. And I don't want to get too deep into that. But the main thing is the the authority to cast out demons. And um, there's one specifically where he talks about that it takes a lot of uh, prayer and fasting. Um, And I'm not an expert in casting out demons. These are just passages. Um, But... The casting out of demons, it's a very, uh, and I, I want to give a, a, a testimony that, you know, this was a Bible study that I was a part of, and, and I missed this very week. But one of the gentlemen that, that would come to this Bible study from time to time, we were praying, uh, not we, um, my cousin, which was Matthew Fuquay's brother, actually, and some other friends of mine started praying for him and he snapped and charged for the door and they 
held him and prayed for him and, and cast out a demon. And I was not there when it happened, but I was told about it. So I just wanted to share that. Now, at some time in the future, I might discuss miracles. There's a sermon that I might share uh, about a guy who was healed while he was preaching. And he was actually talking out against the whole, uh, some of the fake healers and stuff. But anyway, um, but that's not the topic for today. Um, so um, let's talk about uh, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And this is a, a very focal point of this um, episode. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, this last verse here, praying always. So prayer is a very powerful thing in, in spiritual warfare. Um, I wanted to share this. Um, I'm not going to share the audio here, but John Todd, who's, who's probably somebody I'm going to focus on for several episodes at some point, um, and we're going to hear a lot of his stuff, because I think he claimed to have been a high-level witch and high-level member of the Illuminati and gave some testimony. And he talked about one time where there was these witches casting spells um, in Washington, D.C. when there was a big vote going on. And they were hoping for a certain result. And they failed. And there was, I think he said there was dozens or uh, a, a bunch of covens around there. Like there was a lot of witches casting spells. But there was like two Christians or something that were praying outside of the, of the uh, you know, Capitol building. And the, you know, the good, the, uh, the, what the uh, witches were trying to get to happen did not happen. And they were very upset with these Christians. Well, the point of it is, is that you don't know, and I don't really know, like how much effort there are, you know, there are witches everywhere, apparently, and they are actively um, casting spells, especially on people of God. Those are the people they want to hurt the most. They want to, um, you know, I think I, I when I talked about... Uh, apostasy part one and I played some of Russ Dizdar's stuff and how witches are will often uh, infiltrate churches and their main goal is to destroy the church from within right and um, and I don't remember who, if I heard this from Russ Dizdar or Johnny Todd or somebody else but basically um, I've heard that they can um, astral project and like spiritually kind of enter into people's houses and ca and like casting spells on them uh, a friend of mine actually a lady i used to date talked about how uh she had a friend that was a a witch 
an you know an infiltrator and one night my friend my former girlfriend woke up in the middle of the night and saw the kind of the spirit of her floating over her which is kind of scary um, again that's not something I have seen but um, later talked to her friend about it and she acknowledged that that's what she was doing she was astral projecting into the room and my ex um, girlfriend started praying the name of Jesus and it dis and she disappeared and so you know prayer is a very powerful thing even if we don't know what is going on uh, you know I acknowledge that I don't pray as much as I should and uh, with all of the and, and I know Satan and his his minions are actively casting spells and actively um, and, and from some of the uh, ex-witches that I've heard testimonies from have said that they are probably more devoted and more consistent than Christians are which is not not a good thing but when the Christians are praying and and you know when Jesus said to pray he said to be brief he didn't say to do long drawn out prayers like the Pharisees do just to draw attention of men now there are times I guess where um, what, what I meant by being brief is, you know, it's more powerful than, you know, dozens of witch, witch spells. But then Jesus also talked about how there are certain times where a certain demon that needs to be cast out takes a lot of fasting and prayer. And I believe with John Todd, they said that they had prayed over somebody for, like, they prayed over him for like eight hours because after he became a Christian there was still a, a demon that was hanging on and it took a whole long time for for that last demon to come out and so yeah there are times where prayer a lot of prayer is needed so when I said being brief what I all I meant by that was that a brief prayer can do so much you know um, but yes, prayer prayer is a very powerful thing, um, and I need to do more of it myself. And especially today, when there's a lot of um, spiritual darkness um, going on, um, you know, there's so much that we can do. Now, God does all of it, but as with prayer, that can counteract the spells that are happening in the world today. I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, I, I feel like I kind of struggled and bumbled through this, but hopefully the Holy Spirit speaks to you uh, through this. Um, you know, pray for me. I've just been overwhelmed with work and life and just exhausted. And, and to be honest with you, there's times where I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. That's what it feels like at times. But um, again, that's spiritual warfare coming in against me. So, um, and I believe that's what it is. And oftentimes when I'm in these stressful times in my life, that's when Satan hits me with more temptation, whether it be, you know, sexual lust or um, anger, um, depression, you know, other things like that. And so... You know, when we are in dark times, in difficult times, that is when Satan likes to strike us. All right, thank you all, and have a wonderful day. This is the most awesomest podcast of all time. I'm your host, Rob Hendrick. This podcast is brought to you by Proverbs 16:18. Rob, go for instructions.